This is Amazed by God, brought to you by Through God's Library. We bring you stories of faith and God's goodness shared by people like you. I pray we build and encourage your faith. If you have a story to tell, please let us know by contacting us through our website at amazedbygod.com. We would love to help you share it with the world. While you're there, check out our other ministries. And if you would like to support the work God is doing through us, you can find the details on our website or go to patreon.com forward slash Mark Now here's your host, Mark, with a story of faith. Hello and welcome, welcome to Amazed by God, brought to you by Through God's Library. This is your host, Mark Sitchin, and with me today is Marlene Hall. Hi, hello. Hello, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? Uh, It's great, it's a beautiful day outside, and um, uh, I'm very, very thankful that you're here. Uh, We had met actually at Severn Run Church uh, in Severn, I guess that's Severn, Maryland. Yes, Um, yeah. uh, uh, And I heard you kind of share some of your testimony. How How long have you been going there? We've been at Seven Run for 10 years now. Oh, okay. Uh, that That's uh, longer than I expected. I wasn't expecting that. And then I've seen you uh, and your husband at, at youth group. Do you, do you guys serve there too? Yes. My husband um, helps out with the games and uh, announcements, normally middle school um, teaching, things like that. So yeah, we get to go on Wednesdays. So, you, so he got to know Noah a little bit then. Yes. That's, that's my son. He's in seventh grade. So when, and he had chosen to, to come to Seven Run. I, I am unbelievably thankful for that. Uh, um, just a note about my son. He, he has not liked church at all. He, he, it's always boring to him and never mm-hmm. really cared for his teachers. And, and um, he has asked multiple times to go to Seven Run. He even asked me yesterday, uh, we're recording this on a Saturday, he asked me yesterday, are we going to Seven Run tomorrow? And I was like, why? Are you excited about that? He went, no. You know, <laughs> he, he's, he's that I play cool kid. Right. So uh, I, I'm excited about that. So, That's um, awesome. So I heard you share a little bit of your testimony, and I kind of just, I asked you to share here because I think it's something that we don't talk about a lot. You know, it, it's, it's kind of something that we keep off into the corner, and it was awesome that I heard you share it there. So I asked you, uh, what has God done amazing in your life? Yeah. So, um, well, for me, um, he has just really continued to show himself faithful. Um, the main testimony that I shared at Severn Run that you got to hear was about um, the unplanned pregnancy that I experienced at 17 years old. And um, as a Christian, I had gotten saved at 14 and attended a Christian school. And after I graduated, I started college and I was engaged to my high school sweetheart and then decided to break off my relationship with him just because I felt like maybe we were unequally yoked a little bit that, um, Christianity and a relationship with Jesus was a little bit more important to me than it was to him. And, we decided to break off our engagement. And then about two weeks after that, I um, realized I was late. My um, period was late. And so um, I was kind of in denial because here I was a Christian. Mm -hmm. And um, I had just graduated from a Christian high school. I received the Christian Character Award. (laughs) I was involved in my um, church's mentorship with the youth. So I was one of the you know, senior yeah. high school students that was kind of 
guiding and leading the the younger teens and um I found myself going to a pregnancy clinic to to take a pregnancy test and to see um if I was if I was in um you know for sure pregnant and I was in denial um for a while of course isn't that funny that when we when we you know are, are are wrapped up in something that we can make any excuse in our head not to not to just uh, believe the things that we are seeing, yes. you know, because we do. I, I have many people, I, I don't like doctors at all. Uh, and, and when I'm sick, I don't want to go. And they're like, you got to go. And I'm like, no, right. I'm not really that sick. Yes, yes, yes. My uh, my best friend from high school, um, not the high school that I attended, but my best friend from my neighborhood, actually, um, who was not a Christian at the time, she was the one that kind of convinced me. She said, let's go to this local pregnancy clinic let's get a test done, let's see what's going on. And um, when I got there, there it was a very peaceful place. Um, I just felt like this was where I was supposed to come and, and find out exactly what was going on. And she stayed with me until the counselor had me go in and um, do the, the final parts of the, the test. And the young girl that I talked to was a single mom. And she was telling me, you know, you can do this. Um, because even though I didn't, as a Christian, I mean, I knew abortion wasn't right. Mm-hmm. That wasn't supposed to be an option that I would consider. But I, like I said, had just started college. I was in the church choir. I was a mentor to the teens. I was not sure how I was going to be able to be a single mom and um, and pregnant be a Christian, still have, um, a testimony. But, um, when I found out that I was, uh, pregnant, that the test confirmed that I was pregnant and I left the pregnancy clinic, I still was just very overwhelmed with how, you know, how can this be? But I was also, um, in my Christian walk being saved for three years. And like I said, having gone through Christian, um, school, being a Christian, um, recipient, you know, of a Christian character word, things like that. I had really kind of put myself on a pedestal, mm-hmm. even though my boyfriend and I at the time were, um, you know, having um, sexual intercourse and everything. We were going to get married, so I justified it. Yeah, you know, we were going to, um, you know, be all right because nobody would find out, kind of thing. And I put myself on that pedestal. Other people would, you know have things in their lives that they would, you know, talk about and sin and things like that. And to me, I, that was not going to ever happen to me. So when it did, it was really like God saying, okay, you know, now you've kind of, you know, prided yourself in this secret life of sin in a way. And, um, it's going to be exposed. How are you going to handle it? You know, what are you going to do? And so, um, I did tell the father of the baby that I was pregnant, Um, and he right away wanted to get married. Like he was like, well, we, you know, we were just engaged. And so now we should just get married and, you know, and, and everything will be fine. And I just never felt that right in my, in my spirit and in counseling with my, you know, parents and with my pastor and everything, I didn't feel like that was the best choice for me Mm -hmm. and, um, and for the baby. And so once I decided to parent and, Um, I did struggle, like I said, I did struggle with um, the abortion choice only because I I just kept saying, I can't have this baby. You know, I can't have this baby because I'm 
you know, a leader in my church, or I can't have this baby because I'm starting college and people are going to know that, you know, I'm a single mom or that I'm, you know, pregnant and not married or whatever the stigma and, um, all of that that comes, comes with that. And, um, but I knew I shouldn't get married just to get married Yeah. because, you know, I guess that old saying two wrongs don't make a right or however you want to say it. But I just felt like that's not what God wanted. Um, and my parents were very supportive. My church was very supportive. You know, they said, um, whatever you decide, my parents said, you know, you can live here with us. You can continue to go to college. And, um, that was very important to me because I wanted to, you know, be able to finish my degree and, and, um, and be able to support myself and, and, and my son and everything. So, um, that was important. And, um, so once I stepped away from, I'm not going to get married to the father of the baby, I'm going to kind of have to do this on my own, my lifeline, my, um, support, my hope, everything, obviously my family, obviously my church, but it was Jesus. And I mean, really and truly, even though I had been, a Christian for three years. Um, I was involved, like I said, in the mentorship at church and things like that. I really started to dig into the Bible and it became more real to me. It wasn't just, okay, you have to study it for a class in school or, you know, you have to read the Bible because it's expected. It became very real to me and I was able to see God do like crazy, amazing things. Um, you know, um, throughout my pregnancy, like I said, I was in, in, um, college, I was able to pay for my first year of college without any kind of student loans. Um, I was able to keep my job at, um, the, I worked at a doctor's office. I was a receptionist. He agreed, the doctor agreed to let my sister, when I needed my maternity leave, to come in and uh, work for me. Oh, that's nice. Um, she actually came from out of town to stay with me until I had the baby and everything. Her husband was in the military. So um, I got to keep my job. My job was in place, you know, so that I could go back um, to that. I can tell you about, um, I mean, just different times where I needed money for different things and checks would show up in the mail, mm -hmm. um, you know, for like exact amounts of money, not just like, you know, okay, I got a hundred dollars so now I can buy diapers or, or whatever, but like specific money would come in $349 and 18 cents for a bill that I had, or, you know, an insurance yeah. claim or just whatever it was. God just continued to show himself, um, you know, faithful through that. And, um, it wasn't, it wasn't always easy. You know, I, like I said, I was in college that first year. And even after that, um, after I had my son, but, uh, women at church watched him for free, um, or for a very discounted, you know, price so that I could stay in school and also, um, continue to work. Um, my parents, like I said, they were, um, amazing, um, to me. My mom knew that it wasn't going to be easy for me, um, but she, you know, would just encourage me to go to school and everything. My dad, um, I think he knew kind of like what was going on even before I like told my parents about being pregnant and stuff. Cause he kind of dropped some like hints <laughs> along the yeah. way before I, it, it, it was actually almost a week before I told my parents after I knew and he would be like, Hey, do you know anybody at church that's pregnant? You know, there's some ladies at church that are pregnant. Right. And I'd be like, mm, yeah, I think, you know, and of course I was, and I hadn't told them yet and, yeah. um, and different things, but just, um, the support of my, my parents was, um, 
was incredible. Um, and like I said, the people at my church and even after, um, I graduated and this is something that, um, has kind of touched my life later on when I, I did get married to my husband. Um, now, um, we've been married 19 years. Um, I obviously was a single unwed mother and I went to a Christian school, a local Christian college and got my degree to teach. And at the time I worked at a local Christian school doing aftercare and, um, before, um, school daycare and things like that worked with their summer camp and everything. So when I graduated and it was time for me to find a job, you know, they offered me a position and, um, you know, we kind of talked about, um, the church that you went to, you know, you went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, yeah. Wednesday night, you know, uh, Bible study, um, visitation, all those things, you know, it was, um, a very legalistic system, I guess, in a way, mm-hmm. um, to kind of be exposed to, to Christianity and things. And that's, that's the kind of church I also got saved in and grew up in. And that's the church that was connected to this school, but they hired me as a single mother to teach. And I got to teach in, in that school for six years. And I just think that, you know, God had, had to have his hand in that, you know, because I did interview at a couple other schools and they were kind of like once, you know, in the interview process, they asked, I remember they asked the question, you know, well, how are you going to relate to these children and their parents as a single, uh, as a single teacher, you know, mm-hmm. you're a single lady. And I said, well, I'm actually a single mom. So I do have a son, you know, he's three and you could see the interview, you know, it, mm-hmm. it kind of changed after that. They were like, okay, well, thank you so much for coming in. And, you know, so, um, it wasn't something that every church was going to embrace me as a single mom, you know, teaching in a Christian school, but yet, um, God opened the doors for me to teach there and I was able to teach there for six years. And, um, again, just saw God do amazing things, you know, through the salvation of my son and, um, the friendships I made, I actually, um, was, became friends with a teacher that introduced my husband and I, you know, so it's just, God continued to just do amazing things in my life throughout this situation that when I was 17 seemed pretty impossible, Mm -hmm. pretty like, you know, how is God going to redeem that? You know, how is God going to, um, to bless that? And I think that's maybe one of the struggles that, um, so I'm connected with the pregnancy clinic ministries here in uh, Severna Park, uh, Bowie Crofton, and Annapolis. And I think that's one of the things when these... Just if you haven't heard, we are in Maryland. They're, they're towns in yes, Maryland. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. Just yes. want to make sure... <laughs> the pregnancy clinic's here in Maryland. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Um, and, you know, when the women come in or the young girls come in, they're sure that there's no hope. There's, there's no hope for them in this situation at all. Um, you know many of the girls will say, I'm trying, I'm trying to go to college and I can't go to college. You know, I'm not going to be able to go to college if I have this baby. And I can kind of testify. Yes, you can. It's actually a little bit easier to be in college when you're pregnant (laughs) because you don't need daycare. You know, you don't need any of those kind of things. You've got the baby with you all the time there. So, and now, I mean, back when I went to school, there wasn't the online option. So that's definitely something, but a lot of these women, you know, will come and, and their situations are so hopeless or they feel like they are. Mm -hmm. And I can testify that, yeah, I mean, there were times where I did feel hopeless. I mean, I lost friends because of my, you know, situation. Um, 
you know, many friends of mine were out, you know, going to clubs or, you know, doing uh, vacations or whatever they were doing. And I was home with, you know, my son. And um, that was hard. And there were also, you know, um, young men as I was, you know, raising my son that would, would come and I would be interested in them, you know, or they would be interested in me and then they would find out, oh, I have a son. And they would be like, oh, well, you probably have a great testimony, you know, before you got saved, you had this son. And I was like, no, actually, I was saved. And they're like, oh, you know, well, um, that that's an yeah. interesting, you know, <laughs> situation. You actually, you know, were saved and you made this decision to, you know, have premarital sex or whatever. So, um, for a while there, you know, there was some stigma to, to what I had gone through. And, um, that's not something that, you know, we talk about a lot, but, um, but God just, I mean, he showed up all the time, even in, and this isn't, you know, about, um, meeting my husband, but even in meeting my husband, there was no other way that any of that would have happened without God. Yeah. You know, it's just, um, he showed himself so, faithful throughout um that whole time like i said i my first year of college i was able to finish and no debt when i graduated four years later which that in itself was a feat because as a single mom you know you don't necessarily have the the time to work and go to school but i was able to finish my degree in four years and um without any debt i didn't take out any student loans i was able to get scholarships um and was able to finish and get my degree. And that in itself is just, it still kind of boggles my mind because like I said, you know, being a single mom, even with the support of my church and my, my family and things, it was hard, Mm -hmm. you know, um, leaving my son and everything. But then when I got the job at the Christian school, my son was able to thankfully, um, be part of the preschool there. And, um, like I said, I taught there for six years, so he was able to attend the school and everything. And it was, it was pretty amazing to, to just see, you know, not, not only, you know, your struggle and your trial that God pulled you through to hear that people stepped up, you know, especially you were talking kind of the legalistic side of the church that people stepped up inside of that, you know, um, uh, I feel the church that I went to, you know, had had some things around it. I, I, I had a friend, not not that went to my church, but that went to another church that she was she was a senior in high school and got pregnant. And, and the youth pastor pulled her up in front of every, you know, the whole group. He said, this is what you don't do, you know, wow. um, yeah. uh, you know, and it ruined her. I mean, it, and, you know, it just changed the course of her life. You know, we're all on we're all set on, you know, course A. And then we make those decisions that set us on course B and we make those decisions that set us, you know, and we might be one, you know, 450 right, right now, right. you know, <laughs> but God still has a trajectory for greatness in our lives, you know, and, and maybe that's not individual greatness in, in the world's eyes, but that's greatness in the community of God. And, and um, the thing that I'm most blessed about hearing your story is, is to hear that people stepped up and helped you and that you were able to to rise above what seemed like an, uh, uh, an unbelievable challenge, um, you know, an impossible challenge and, and to come, come forth and, and out the other side, greater and, and, and stronger and, and, and the ability to help more and more people that that's to me, that's just amazing. Uh, tell us a little more about the pregnancy clinic. Um, what, if anybody is in need of something like that, what they should look for and, and, yeah. and go from there. Yeah. Um, the pregnancy clinic is a free here in Maryland. The one that the ministry that I'm, um, 
working with um, is a free clinic. Um, any of the locations, women can go in and they can receive free pregnancy testing. Um, they can receive uh, 3D sonograms for viability of their pregnancy. They um, have counseling counselors that are trained that will walk them through the different options that are available. They have free STD testing. They do um, free parenting classes, pregnancy classes, infant classes, um, financial classes for the uh, mothers and fathers, relationship classes, um, and all, all of that is free. All of that is um, free f through the clinic, and that's one of the reasons why I uh, work closely with them because I um, like to be involved in, like, for in just a few months here, we're doing the walk and, and run life um, event that raises a lot of funds for them to be able to offer those mm -hmm. um, those um, services for free. Yeah. And um, so if someone had... A question, and, and it's not just for teenagers, it's young women, married women, anyone that is not sure of what they, you know, need to do, um, they can come to the clinic and they can um, come in and have a confidential um, pregnancy test done. They talk with a counselor confidentially, all of it is confidential, and um, then they can make a decision. You know, some of the women come in and they've taken a home pregnancy test. They're not sure if, you know, if it was a positive or negative, whatever. And just talking through things with um, the counselor can, you know, allow them to see what their next steps can be. Um, many times some of our clients get a, a positive pregnancy test, but then the sonogram may show that the baby's not viable, that mm -hmm. the pregnancy is not viable and um, because it's early on and and um, it's not viable anymore so just for these women because um, a lot of the women that we do see um, are abortion minded they've either had an abortion before or um, they're being pressed to abort by either the father or the baby someone in their family or they're abortion vulnerable maybe they're younger um, teenagers things like that they're just not sure what to do and they come in kind of undecided and um we do the sonogram so they can see if the baby is even viable because sometimes women go to to abortion clinics and things and there's no reason for the procedure to be done i believe most abortion clinics do do sonograms to let the women know how far along they are and what mm -hmm. procedures needed and things like that but this just gives them a clearer picture of what's going on and um we also do uh, post-abortion, um, it's, it's the abortion pill reversal procedure, which this is just something new, and it's actually something that our clinic is the only clinic that does it on the East Coast. So women will call from all over the country, even overseas, and um, try to get in touch with our clinic to see about what they can do. And what that is, the ab abortion pill reversal um, procedure, within 72 hours of a woman taking that first abortion pill, um, the procedure can be reversed at times. So what would happen is if a woman went into an abortion clinic, she took that first pill, which is done at the clinic, and then the other pills are done at home, um, she can come to the clinic, she can contact the clinic, come into the clinic and say, I've changed my mind. And they'll do a sonogram, they'll see, like I said, if the pregnancy is viable, how far along she is, um, you know, what the, the first pill, if, if anything has taken effect or anything, and then they can start her on, um, estrogen and different, um, medical procedures to, 
to reverse that mm-hmm. procedure. Um, because many times women do have second thoughts. Yeah. And this procedure, we've uh, actually seen three babies come to term and be born from the procedure. So, um, and yesterday I actually heard from a former client. She contacted me um, because I was a counselor at the clinic for two years. She can, um, contacted me and she said, my cousin went to um, an abortion clinic and she took the first pill and now she's having um, second thoughts. What do I need to do? What should I do? And immediately I got in touch with the clinic. I got in touch with the nurse there at the clinic, um, one of the other counselors, and they were able to get her in. I haven't heard yet what um, the the final um, outcome was from that visit or anything, but she was able to come in and talk with some counselors and to see what the next steps were. So it's just an amazing ministry that is allowing you know women and men, families to know that there are other options. What, what was the name of it again? The It's the Pregnancy Clinic. Is there a website or anything? Yes. Um, if you go to Hope, um, uh, healingandhope.org. Um, that's the website and, um, it will give you the different location information. It will give you the mission statement. It will let you know what the services are. And, um, one of our locations is in Annapolis, Maryland, across from a planned parenthood, um, location. And we've had many women sit in their office, kind of look across the street to ours and see our signs and leave the office. Mm-hmm. We've also had women show up at our clinic thinking that we're Planned Parenthood because right outside it says pregnancy, and so they, you know, walk pull in, into yeah. or our, um, you know, parking lot and then walk in and everything, and then they find out that we're not the abortion clinic. We're actually, um, you know, a, a different kind of clinic, a life-saving clinic, and uh, many of them stay. And um, we've had, you know, women change their minds. Um, Of the 59 women over the course of two and a half years that I counseled, 33 of those women chose to parent and and to have their babies. And I'm still in contact with several of them. Um, I did have some clients that, you know, um, didn't see any other option than Mm -hmm. abortion. And and they did choose abortion. And they um, went ahead and terminated their pregnancies. Um, But I just have to remember that... Any seed planted, and I guess that's kind of like what this this client coming back to me, you know, she had her, her little girl. Yeah. She has her baby. But to come back, you know, two years later and be like, hey, uh, my cousin has this need. What do we do? It was just kind of a neat thing because we don't always see what God's doing. Or and maybe, I mean, yeah. there were times where I was like, I can't do this ministry anymore. You know, all three of my clients from the last, you know, month have terminated their yeah. pregnancies. You know, what what's going on, you know? But here, now we have, you know, clients coming back and saying, how can I help my cousin make a better decision for her and her baby, you know, now that she's kind of changed her mind. So it's just a really um, great ministry. And of course, because I went to a pregnancy clinic as a, you know, scared unsure, you know, um, teenager, it really has always been, um, on my heart to, to give back and to be part of a ministry like that. Well, talking to a youth pastor and being in youth, you guys probably know you, you don't see the fruits of your labor. (laughs) It's, it's when those, when those people come back to you that, you know, and I, I get phone calls all the time from, from, from my, my kids. And, you know, I was telling you one of them, two of them is actually youth is in ministry now. And, and, you know, so it's it's awesome that you're still in contact with them and still seeing seeing the fruits. Give me the give me the website one more time. Uh, healing 
Hopeandhope.org. Dot org. Yes. All right. So here at Amazed by God, we do like to get to know you a little bit better and, and be able to share with with our audience. So is there any Bible character, Bible story, or verse that has touched you and why? Well, um, the story of Ruth um, has always been a favorite of mine. You're laughing because yeah, it's probably laughing. something women say all the no, time, no, right? No, 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 because I'm studying it. And, oh, and okay. I, was, I, was, I was telling you, and I'll share this on the podcast, my next, my next phase is, is called Through God's Library, where I'm going to teach people, and, and, and basically I'm going to be selling video commentaries, and Ruth is the oh, free one I'm awesome. going to be giving away. There so I was go. literally <laughs> studying Ruth 10 minutes before you got here. That's awesome. That's awesome. But no, Ruth um, has always been a story that... Um, I have felt has just been amazing because obviously it's a huge story of God's redemption. And in my life, that's um, something that I cling to a lot is the redemption of God, God redeeming, you know, my life um, to be able to um, do things for him, redeeming my son's life to be able to do things for him, my family's life to be able to, to do things for God. So with Ruth, you know, it's a story of redemption. I mean, she comes from a family, a country that is godless. And her mother-in-law, you know, reluctantly says, all right, you can come, you know, because she won't take no for an answer, yeah, right? She, she is <laughs> bitter old lady. Right, right. And she's just like, fine, just come with me, you know. And then she realizes that, you know, Ruth can help a redemption of their family come about by, you know, um, through the kinsman redeemer of Boaz. And I also, you know, obviously as a single mom for nine years was like, all right, my Boaz is out there somewhere, right? Like I'm going to eventually, you know, find this person that can kind of be my kinsman redeemer and come alongside, you know, me and be able to, um, just allow me to see, you know, God's redemption in my life. Because I, a lot of times I did believe, you know, like I said, rejection from Christian young men saying, oh, you know, you have a son, so that's not okay. Or saying, oh, you have a son, so, you know, you must not be really a Christian or whatever. Um, you know, it was hard being a single mom and ever wondering because my son would, you know, pray every night for a dad and for a family and for siblings. And it was hard sometimes listening to the lie of I'm not good enough, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm sure that Ruth, maybe she felt that way, you know, I don't know. But, um, I just have always loved the story of, of Ruth. And um, even though I don't consider myself a patient person, um, my the verse that I love is um, uh, Psalms twenty seven fourteen, where it says, uh, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And I used to always look at that verse as like waiting, like the impatient way, like, come on, hurry up, God, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. But it's actually the waiting in just what he's doing, yeah. you know, kind of not like impatiently in the grocery store or the doctor's office when, you know, your appointment's late or things like that. But just in the waiting of like maybe for your wedding day finally or for a vacation to come along or the birth of a baby. It's that like anticipatory waiting, like you're excited, you know that God has something for you and you're just in that place of waiting. And um, so that's that's, you know, a story and a verse that just really the one thing that I love about about Ruth is it it starts with a death. It starts with not running from God. But, you know, the reason that they left was because the nation of Israel fell away. And then then it clicks into loyalty. It's that idea of loyalty. And then that idea of loyalty comes back at the end. You know, it's, it's bookended. It's four mm-hmm. chapters. It's bookended by death, loyalty, then loyalty and life. Yes. Um, and what a what a awesome picture of just the way that God treats us. If we are loyal, you know, death will come, things will happen. But 
always that loyalty then brings back life. Um, yeah. So that's just 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 an awesome story. I love that yes. about that story, and that was why I'm, I'm kind of that was going to be my launching pad of, of that. Oh, one. I love so, that. That'll be so, great. So, um, and then we we kind of end with just kind of asking about a, a song because music moves our soul some ways and words can't. Um, so, is there any song that has touched you that our our listeners can go listen to? Well, um, music's a big part of of my life. I've always been. Um, involved in choirs. I was in a small group of um, girls ensemble, things like that. Um, music's a big part of our lives now. Even, you know, um, our younger two children that are still home, they love listening to music. My um, husband's a big, um, his music styles are very eclectic, but um, he <laughs> loves music. You know, Way loves, to throw him under the bus. Yes, well, no, I mean, he'll <laughs> listen to anything and everything just about where I'm kind of like, you know, I get kind of, I don't want to say stuck in a you know, in a musical rut, but I'll listen to worship music for like, you know, three years and then maybe a little country and maybe, you know, and then come back to something. But, um, so music's always been a really big, big part of my life. And, um, one of the hymns that, um, I would always sing or would always be, um, important to me was, um, take my life and let it be. Um, I have a old Lutheran church hymnal and I would just kind of, you know, pull that out and, and sing that. Um, I went through some, um, medical issues not too long ago with, um, kidney issues and things like that and everything, um, that God thankfully brought me through. But, um, that was another one where I would just sit on the bed, you know, in pain and tears or whatever, and just sing, you know, take my life, let it be, you know, um, wholly consecrated to thee. So that hymn is a big um, thing, but now, you know, with, with worship music now, it's just so impactful and there's just so many, um, different songs, but I love, um, come to the altar. That's uh, more of a, more recent, I guess, uh, song, not a hymn. Um, but, um, that's Hill song, I believe, yes. right. I'm mm -hmm. trying to, yes, yeah. I know. Place it. Um, <laughs> try, try to play it in my head and I know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Oh, come to the altar is just, um, an important one that I love. I think sometimes, um, even though in that, you know, legalistic church, um, background that I kind of got, uh, got saved into and became a believer into, there was always that altar call, and, you know, people would just always go up front and pray and, you know, cry and just kind of um, put themselves, you know, in front of the church. And I think we miss that sometimes oh, at church. Yeah. You know, I, I love just being able to, you know, go forward and just kind of, you know, open myself up or throw myself, you know, open to um, to the Lord and to whatever he's doing. And I think sometimes, you know, we miss that. So um, that's just one of the. Yeah. Uh, the there, there's a lot of things me. that we could talk about that, you know, I think we miss in church still nowadays. And, and there's a lot of things that are gone that <laughs> right, <laughs> should be right, gone. Right. Um, but yeah, but that one of those things is, is yeah, definitely, you know, that, that idea of worship and prostrating yourself before God yeah. just, you know, being there with him. So Absolutely. anyway, thank you very much for being You're on welcome. the podcast. Uh, so for Amazed by God brought to you by Through God's Library, uh, this is your host, Mark, and we will see you next Monday. Just an update for that website that Marlene gave. It's helphopeandhealing.org. Again, that's helphopeandhealing.org. The link will be in the show notes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star rating and don't forget to subscribe. Thank you for listening.